Happy New Year, New Life family and friends. We are so excited that you are starting the year off with us on this Sunday. And normally it would be me starting off this first Sunday. And I have my good friend here, Megan Ratnam. Yeah, you, Meg, not the person behind you, but you're my good friend. She is here, and it is before Christmas that we are filming this for you. Usually Meg's here, and she does the Sunday after Christmas. But we changed things up this year with the way it was all falling into place. And I am so glad that she is here to share with us. You've seen the video of the Dominican, our brothers and sisters there, thanking us for partnering with them. And Megan is going to be sharing with us this morning. And I'm excited about what she has to say and how we are going to learn together kicking off this year right by centering ourselves on Jesus and what he's offering us as we move forward. So again, Happy New Year, and uh, Megan, we'll hand it over to you. Yay! Well, good morning, New Life. I am so excited to be here this morning. Um, Well, technically this afternoon, but you're watching it this morning, so I'm so excited to be with you this morning. Um, This this empty sanctuary that I'm speaking in right now, it just, it's almost a dream come true. Because I don't know if you know this, but I actually generally have stage fright. I don't like to speak in front of people. And right when I'm about to talk, I get extremely nervous. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, God, if you could just give a message to somebody else so that they'll get up in the middle of the service and say, Megan, I got this. God has given me a message. But so far, that's never happened. And so the other prayer that I always have going into church is, please, God, make it so that everybody's safe, but they forgot to show up. And so then I come into church, and the church is, is empty. And then I say, well, God, you know, we had a message to give, but nobody showed. And then I get to go home, and my stage fright is over. So my dream is has almost come true because, well, this morning, other than the great Steve at the back on the camera, no one showed up. And I'm like, yes, not going to have to happen. And then, and then they said, all right, Megan, you're going to speak to some cameras. And I'm like, what? Like, I still, I, I still have to speak? And they're like, yeah, the, the cameras. And then they're going to watch you, you know, online. And so it is where, you know, my nerves have come back. And, uh, and it's all right. You know, I prepared for this. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And so it is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, New Life. You know, in, in Ascension Village where I work, we have a mission house. And I work in the mission house. And outside the mission house, we have a tree. This tree was a beautiful tree. I would sit on the, on the second floor porch of the mission house and I would just watch this tree because this tree was beautiful. It had this, this umbrella and on the umbrella it had these beautiful red flowers. And then at any given point, there would be five or six hummingbirds all around this tree. It was beautiful. I would just sit and watch these hummingbirds. It was amazing. 
Well, one day this tree started to take over, take over the porch. And, uh, and it was, it was slowly going too far into the porch. Every, every bit of the, every couple of days we had to move the table over because this tree was taking over. And, uh, and it got to the point where it's like, all right, I think, I think it's time to trim the tree. It's time to Tim to trim the tree. And so there was um, this man in the village, and, and he was learning how to be a gardener. And so he came, and, uh, and I said to him, hey, would you, would you mind if I pay you to trim the trees? And he said, sure, I'll trim the trees. And so we had a, had a deal on how much I'd pay him, and, uh, and he was going to trim the trees. Now, I was only gone for five minutes. I was gone for five minutes, and when I came back, he said, I'm done. And I'm like, you're done? And then I looked over. He cut down the tree. Like, I mean, he chopped it down. I mean, the tree, which was once huge and had an umbrella, it was now this high. And it had one stump coming out of here, and then that was it. That was the tree. And I looked and I said, what did you do? And he said, I trimmed the tree. Now the thing is, I know my Spanish isn't great, but trim and cut are two different words. And, and I definitely use the word trim, I think. But, but he cut down the tree, and so he said to me, he says, so are you, are you gonna pay me? And I'm like, pay you? Give me my tree back. I want my tree back. You know what, I'm not paying you today, but I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal one day. One day when those hummingbirds come back to this tree, only then will I pay you. But I looked at this tree. It was cut down. Now, I'm not really a a name it, claim it kind of person. But if ever there was a time to name it and claim it, I named it and claimed it on this tree. I said, tree, I'm going to call you the tree of hope. Because you're going to grow back, and you're going to be beautiful, and these hummingbirds are going to come back. You are going to be the tree of hope. Now, as much as I named it and claimed it, I didn't actually believe it. Because this tree was cut. Like, it was, it was cut badly. And there was nothing left on it. Just a stump. So I'd come to the office day in and day out, and, and I'd look at this stump. And every time I saw it, my heart would just drop because it was just the stump. I lost my beautiful tree. But after a month or so, I noticed something. It started to grow leaves. And then those leaves started to grow. And then the tree started to get filled with more leaves. And pretty soon, my tree of hope that was once a stump, well, now it looked like an ugly shrub. But then it started to grow some more. And then it started to grow up. And then it started to grow out. And all of this took two years. But you know what happened in two years? In two years, I saw the first hummingbird come back. The first hummingbird came back, and I couldn't believe it. And you know what else came back two years later? The gardener. The gardener came back, and he said, I saw a hummingbird on the tree. Can you pay me now? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's, that's really funny. You made my day. Here's, here's the, the agreement that we, that we had. 
But the hummingbirds came back. The thing is with this tree, it looked absolutely nothing like it did before. The tree looked completely different. But the hummingbirds still came back. I don't know about you, but over the last few years, I felt cut down. I felt almost like this tree, wondering what in the world are things going to look like? What in the world is happening? I've gone through times of grieving. I've gone through times of of pain. I've gone through times of, of frustration. And there's been times where I've just felt that my tree has been cut down and the hummingbirds are gone. You know, Jesus says in Matthew, he says in Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest. This word yoke is a a Hebrew word and it basically means the teachings of a rabbi. The rabbis all had their different yokes, their different teachings, their different rules, their different laws, their their different lifestyles. The rabbis all had different yokes. And then the rabbi at one point would say to a lucky 14-year-old boy, the rabbi would say, come to me and take my yoke upon you and be my disciple. It was a 14-year-old boy's dream for a rabbi to say, come and take my yoke upon you, become my disciple. Now, a yoke could be given as the analogy of of an oxen. You have two oxen, and there's a yoke that ties the two oxen together, and those two oxen together can go and plow the fields like beasts. But when there's a young oxen that doesn't know how to plow yet, what they would do is they would take a yoke and they would put the yoke on a well-trained oxen and they'd put the other side onto the baby oxen. And the well-trained oxen would then teach the baby oxen where to go and what to do. Now the baby oxen at the very beginning would be maybe moving ahead or slowing down or, or not wanting to work anymore. But it would be for the big, huge, well-trained oxen just to carry that little baby along. And then it would get to the point where this baby oxen would learn from the big oxen and that baby oxen would become just as good and would work and function just the same way as his teacher. 
Well, in the same way, it's the point of the yoke. And that 14-year-old boy taking on the yoke of his rabbi, the rabbi saying, the yoke is going to be around me, and it's going to be around you. And we're going to do this together. I'm going to teach you. So the amazing thing is, is that Jesus doesn't say to a 14-year-old boy, come and take my yoke upon you. He says to you and to I, come and take my yoke. We're all invited. And Jesus is saying the yoke is going to be around me, and it's going to be around you, and we're going to go through it together. You're going to learn from me. But what's interesting, for all who are weary and heavy laden, heavy burden. What's, what's interesting is in finding rest, he says, to follow me. He says, in following me, you will find your rest. I like how Tim Keller, he writes, and he's also quoting another verse from Jeremiah. And the verse in Jeremiah that he quotes along with this verse of Jesus is in Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Stand in the way, seek and ask where is the good way and then walk in it and then you will find rest for your soul. And so Timothy, Timothy Keller, Keller, he says as he says, I do notice that neither of these passages gives a formula or a recipe for rest. Jesus didn't say, to get rest, take my burden. But take my burden and you will find rest. The Lord through Jeremiah didn't say, to get rest, walk in a good way. But walk in the good way and you shall find rest. The difference is a world of difference. If I make rest a goal that I need to work for, then the rest will never come. If I simply follow Jesus without worrying about rest at all, true rest will follow because the work was already finished. Keller goes on to say, he says, a fish was designed to take water through its gills so it can get the oxygen from the water. It was also designed with fins. It could swim in the water and take in the water through the gills, and then the, it would be turned into oxygen somehow, and the fish would be able to breathe. The fish was designed for water. But take the fish out of the water, and the fish is no longer living the way it's designed, and it will eventually die. I remember on Facebook there was a post and it was a little boy hugging a fish and it said, this boy just saved this fish from drowning. <laughs> it's not as fun when people aren't in the audience. I hope you laughed at that because, you know, I thought it was funny. In the same way we were designed for love. That's what we were designed for. The yoke of Jesus that's easy is simply, as he condensed it, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love each other as you love yourselves. We were designed for love. And anything outside of love, 
brings to us destruction because that's, because that's what we were designed for. We were designed to love each other. As John Stott put it, he said, true freedom is to be one's true self, but my true self is made for loving and loving is giving. So in order to be myself, I have to deny myself and give myself. In order then to be free, I have to give up my freedom. In order then to live, I have to die to my self-centeredness. In order to find myself, I've got to lose it. Ah, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and you will find rest. Take my yoke, learn from my teachings, and you will find rest. You know, like I said before, there's been times over the last few years that I've just, I felt cut down. And to be honest with you, I could honestly tell you that there's been times where I say, I don't care about the hummingbirds. And yet the hummingbirds still came back. There's times where I've been cut down and I think, how in the world are we going to get through this? I've changed a lot over the last few years. My, my mentality has changed. Not for the worse, but my mentality has changed. I'm a lot different than who I was even three years ago. Things look a lot different. Things do not look like they were. But what I can also say is, through these times, every now and then I see a hummingbird. At the Mission House, we, we actually chopped down the tree, kind of. Um, we, we built a, uh, a casita, I was going to say casita, um, what is that in English? We built a, a little like outdoor, a big outdoor gazebo um, in the Mission House so that we could do our English school classes outside during this pandemic. And, uh, but the tree was in the way of, of this gazebo, and so, so we needed to cut it down, but, but I didn't want to cut it all the way down. And so when you look at this tree, when you go to the mission house and you see this tree, it looks so ugly. It, it does not look pretty at all. And people ask me, like, Megan, just cut the tree down. Like, I mean, it's this high and it's got like random leaves all over it and stuff because it's still alive. It's still growing. And at any given point, I can say, all right, we're going to let this tree grow. And the tree's going to grow. It's going to be big. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to look completely different. And, uh, and the hummingbirds will come back. And, and for me, I need that reminder and that's why I won't let them fully cut down my tree of hope. Because I need the reminder that Jesus tells us, come to me all who are weary. Take my yoke upon you and you will find rest. And so it is in this new year. I pray that, that 2022 is, is a lot different in better ways than 2021 which was different and better than a lot of different ways in 2020. But I wish you well. I pray for you always. And I pray that the Hami words will continue to sing at this church like they always have. Let's pray. Father, you are a God of hope. You are a God of love. And God, you, you showed us the way. You taught us the way. Thank you, God, 
for sharing your yoke with me. God, I I pray as we do life together that we would encourage each other to follow you all the more. And that God is, as we go through these difficult and, and just unpredictable times, I pray, God, that we'd always continue to look to you and that we'd always continue to love and that we'd always continue to, to love each other and to encourage each other in, in whatever decision it is that we have to make. Thank you, Father. Amen.